The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Hello, welcome to The Dead Dave, a Red Dwarf review podcast. We're here with weekly episodes reviewing every episode of Red Dwarf. We being me, the long-term Red Dwarf fan, Phil Hawkins. And me, Adam Martin, a new Red Dwarf fan who is going through the series for the very first time, amazingly. Despite claiming to be a big fan of sci-fi, I have never seen Red Dwarf until now. Well, you have to start somewhere. There's a lot of sci-fi to get through. Oh, I mean, there's still... I'm not even going to start naming the classics I haven't seen yet for the wrath of for the wrath of viewers. But yeah, this is now my uh, fourth episode of Red Dwarf. And uh, I'm in it now. There's no going back. And I think we'll have a lot to say about this one. Today, we're going to be talking about Waiting for God. Like we say, the fourth episode of the very first series of Red Dwarf. In which, well... Uh, let me read the synopsis um, as I found it on Wikipedia. Uh, or... <laughs> Red Dwarf stumbles upon a pod and Rimmer is convinced that it's stasis. It's a stasis capsule carrying a dormant alien woman. Meanwhile, Lister learns about the cat's people and discovers he is their mythical god, Cloister the Stupid, and will bring, bring them to the mythical island of Fushal. <laughs> lot going on in this episode. Yes. Absolutely. What what did you think of it? Generally, general thoughts. Uh, I mean, I I must admit it sub it subverted me right in the middle because just before we get the whole revelations about uh you know what Cat's been doing and you know the the whole religion and stuff, um I did write in my notes I put um this was before this happened I put the overall story isn't progressing so far but I guess it is a sitcom so it gets away with it somewhat. But that was just before we got the revelation, because obviously that you could argue the main the main thing of this show now is, you know, Lister's the only one alive and it's about getting back to Earth. That is like the that's the end goal, if you like, isn't it? Them getting back to Earth. And obviously in any show, you can have, you know, filler episodes or episodes where the the primary story isn't in focus. But I think for the first half of it, after episode two and three didn't really talk about getting back to Earth as much. I think in my head I was starting to think I'd like a bit of the main story now. Do you know what I mean? Or like some more central progression, if you like. But then when the whole thing with the the last half or last 10 minutes about the whole cat religion, I was pleased with that because that furthered that concept more, which I mentioned last episode. You know, I said I wanted more about the cat, whether that was character development or traits in the character. And we, we did learn a bit. So, yeah, I, I feel this is probably the episode I'm the most mixed on, actually, of the four so far, just in terms of what it offered me but uh, what about you philip how was it re-watching this one i this is probably my favorite episode that we've got to so far on this watch through okay um yeah mm. i really enjoyed it there were lots of really great comedy moments in it some of them like are completely like just set up and done with in the space of a couple of minutes and they're completely independent of anything to do with the rest of the plot but they're still really funny um and you get this sort of the first hint of a deeper mythology around the show, particularly. I mean, we've had mm. the hints of the the cat religion before. It was mentioned in the very... Was it the first episode or the second episode? 
I think the like the last five minutes of the very first. Yeah. yeah. So you know we've had all that briefly set up, but it's expanded upon here. So we get a feeling because it's been in like mentioned before and now expanded upon that there's this sort of building of this mythology of the show, which I really yeah. like as well. So uh, yeah, it was really good, and I like how the sort of themes of religion and how they how religions are followed also kind of ties into uh, or blindly followed uh uh, kind of ties into rimmer's own story as well about how he's just seeing what he wants to see that you you know in in his investigation of this pod so i like the way it all links together quite quite well as well it's just yeah i think it's definitely my favorite episode so far that's fair i mean i think the the big sticking point for me was when they get the pod on board. And again, for anyone who maybe is new like me and hasn't seen this episode yet, I advise that you go watch it because there's going to be a lot more spoilers as well. But um, very quickly, you know, after that first scene, after Rimmer goes, uh, Lister discovers very quickly that it's actually a garbage pod from the ship. You know, that it's it's nothing necessarily of import. It's just, it's garbage. And... I do get the idea from there. It's like, oh, how, you know, what comedy can we get out of Rimmer thinking it's still this grand thing when Lister knows it's actually just garbage? And we do get little moments like that, you know, he calls them the, the Quaggars, very, almost a very Scottish-sounding alien name. Um, but I don't know, for me, as soon as Lister did, deciphered for us that it was a garbage pod, I just felt that took a lot of stakes out of that part of the episode. Whereas, in my opinion, I thought maybe... Maybe save that as like the gag at the end, you know, like they or they finally decide to whether Lister reads it, he's like, "Oh, you're being stupid." It says garbage, or you know, whether they're both still in the in the unknown and they just open it to discover it's garbage. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. I just think there would have been more mystique and potentially more comedy keeping that revelation till further down the yeah, line, yeah, as opposed to that. revealing it fairly early. Well, that was me anyway. I was like, oh. Oh, it's just garbage then. Do you know what I mean? I think that was my initial thing on it. Yeah, I suppose it it depends on if you're wanting it to be something more, for you know, more sci-fi. Um, mm. or, I, but I think the humour comes from the fact that we know also that it's not and how that then makes all of Rimmer's actions even more ridiculous than they would have been anyway. Mm the fact that we know that as the audience kind of plays into that, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it's what made me write my notes initially. Again, this was before the whole cat religion thing got brought back in. But I thought, you know, when he deciphered it was a garbage pod about, you know, it was either, you know, halfway or just before halfway. I was like, right. So now I've got 15 more minutes of them, of, you know, Rimmer basically being an idiot about it while Lister laughs at him, which I think made me write, oh, this is, you know, not necessarily a, a story driver. It's just, it, you know, it's a filler episode, you know, that sort of thing. And whilst I do like the cat religion, again, for me, and I'm not trying to say to anyone listening, I'm not a basic viewer. I can handle two plots going at one time, just so you know. But um, I just feel that with the cat religion being such, you know, seemingly this, you know, important, as you said, like a world builder or mythos builder around the show to sort of maybe not have it as the central theme seemed a bit off to me. How, you know, this whole thing about the pod is given a lot, I think relatively more time than the cat thing. And I get it still early days, you know, this is episode four. I don't know. None of it was like bad. I think it just, 
the narrative cogs in my head were like I would have rearranged that if it was me. Do you know what I mean? I would have put things in different places necessarily. Maybe, but then I like quite like the way they set up the cat thing. And yeah, the bulk of it is in those last sort of ten minutes or so. But they they sort of start it off, and you, it's not necessarily about the religion initially. But you have Lister reading the cat book, or you know, by smell, smelling the cat book, mm. because that's how cats write mm. their book by smell. So you have that sort of at the very top of it to set it up, and then a little way in, you get the cat bringing him the holy book, and explain, and we get a little bit of background about the the you know the holy wars of the red hats versus the blue hats and cloister the stupid and few shall and some of the stuff we already knew but hmm. you know they they put that in there and then we go back to the other plot for a bit and then we get the bulk of it at the end so i kind of like the way they gradually build it up i guess i can as well, see i can also see why you'd want it to be more of a focus in the episode i think as well it's it's that wonderful thing we call hindsight isn't it because of course <laughs> in recording these we're watching i guess sort of two every week whereas back in the day it would have been one a week so i guess I'm saying, oh, you know, the the other episodes felt a bit fillerish. But if I was watching one a week, that probably wouldn't have been a thought at all. It probably would have been as long as the episodes are good, you know, then or they make me laugh. Um, so I think that has, you know, that has something to do in it for me anyway. But what I will say positively, uh, brilliant physical comedy from all members involved. I thought that was fantastic. And that whole, as you say, those last 10 minutes with the whole cloister the stupid i love the little like hand-drawn stuff as well like the scriptures that made me laugh and the whole yeah you know the priest who's devout to him and how and, and we've mentioned it before sort of almost taking a very playful jab at the idea of you know cert, you could say some religions that whole thing of you know tell someone a good enough story and people will people will follow it um yeah obviously this is heightened this is pastiche this is parody but it is, yeah, it does draw some parallels, you know, if if you, I think the example I gave in episode one, and this is no disrespect, but when I watched the Book of Mormon on stage, you know, they do that whole pastiche of, wait, so you're telling me he's like, a guy found a book from God and only he can read it and now we have a church and they're like, yeah, pretty much. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. that sort of weird circumstances, if you like. Yeah, the, yeah, I know what you mean. Before we get any further into that, let's just go back to the very beginning of the episode because mm. we yeah. talked. We we're watching these basically two a week, so we're watching two and then recording both reviews. Which means we had seen this episode before we recorded the review of the last episode. Now the last mm. episode ended with Rimmer, <laughs> no, sorry, Lister having, you know indicated that he had passed his chef's officer exam and was going to be yes. Rimmer's superior. How, and we were one, you know, I, as watching that, you mentioned, even how, though you'd already seen this episode, you mentioned that hmm. ideally you'd like that to see that dealt with in the next episode. Well, I mean, yes. they kind of dealt with it, <laughs> but they how they <sighs> dealt with it was the fact that it's basically a pre-title in that bit at the beginning with Norman Lovett's head floating on the screen. Holly just goes, The most interesting event that happened recently was that Lister pretended he'd passed the chef's exam, although really he failed. That gives you some idea of how truly exciting some days can be around here. <laughs> how did you? How did that make you feel? Yeah. I must admit, and I'm sorry, Red Dwarf fans, I was a little bit disappointed just because, you know, that that idea could potentially have, as we said, you know, big implications on their relationship and the dynamic and stuff like that. 
and for it just to get part, even if in the episode, it, it you know, you could have had a line or a quick scene at the beginning of the maybe referencing it, you know, it's like, oh, I can't believe you tried to cheat it or like lie to me about it or something like that. The fact it was just sort of a throwaway line by Holly, whilst it was, whilst it was funny, yeah, like the line itself was humorous. I was just a bit like, oh, well, that's that then. Do you know what I mean? It was like you had this, this big building plot point of the last 10 minutes of episode three and it's like oh but but we've, we're done now that's that's out the window and yeah. you know I, I have to remind myself like you know this is because with sci-fi i'm mainly used to you know sci-fi drama and i do have to tell myself you know this is a comedy it's a sitcom in some respects things like that work differently in that genre they you do know, things yeah like that aren't necessarily comedy carried has this on trope of it you know everything gets reset at the end of the episode every episode starts with everybody in the same status quo doesn't it usually so, yeah, yeah, especially back Although then I must, in the 80s. Mm. Although I must admit with something, say, it's not sci-fi, but, you know, say something like The Simpsons, where they'll have a situation and say the same one, like Homer is doing a chef's exam and he comes out and he he says he passes it. But then, you know, at the very end, something comes up, which means he's failed or he can't do it. But then, you know, then the episode ends. But it, it, it defines where the ending is in that episode. Whereas I think we said this one is more of a cliffhanger. It's more yeah. like, oh, did he, didn't he? He does say, oh, yes, yeah, sir. But that's you could argue that's not a direct confirmation. It's Lister. He could very easily be pulling our legs. So I think had they dealt with it at the very end of episode three or even just addressed it with the two of them at the start of this one, I would have been a bit more like, okay. But yeah, I didn't like it was just, you know, one throwaway line right at the beginning. It made it seem like that plot of episode three that last 10 minutes weren't important yeah i know what you mean i i think i would have preferred it had they even if they like had the first half of this with him stringing him along still pretending he'd passed and then rimmer discovers it halfway through this episode that could have been quite Mm. amusing too yeah but yeah i just think i think we I, i think we can both agree i think we just wanted like something a little bit more addressed on it in this episode we get another bit of the cats sort of being a cat as well before we get mm. into his sort of bigger thing where he's just got this yo-yo and he's yeah. playing with this yo-yo and he doesn't really know what it is and rimmer comes along and uh, you know what are you doing that's that's not how you use do you want to know how to use a yo-yo and he's like i know how to use a yo-yo and he just holds it up by the yo-yo end of the string dangling yeah. and it's just like hitting it like a cat would hit a string and uh yeah you know being that typical cat thing and at that moment i thought okay we've got another episode of cat being like a cat and and that's all we're gonna yeah. get so i'm glad that they then yeah. moved on to the sort of a little bit more although i would say that yeah. he doesn't cat does cat himself we get more infant backstory on cats mm. definitely so in that way it's focused on him but he is still the same. There's nothing really. His character doesn't develop at all. His character is exactly the same at the Th- beginning as he is at the end. And yeah, and I mean, thinking about as we're saying about like sitcom tropes and stuff, he kind of reminds me of like a character in a sitcom who say it's like the typical family house. It's the really eccentric neighbor that pops in every three or four episodes to have a you know the neighbors who just walk in the house and they're like hi everyone and they just like have a moment you know say some fun that's what cat at the minute feels like to me you know a character who should just pop up every every now and then do some funny things and then leaves but because he's in every episode 
I think for me is, well, as you just said, that sort of, oh, it's cat being a cat or as we've mentioned before, sort of that cool, suave 80s pop star pastiche because it, it was still a lot of that. I'm starting to think this is starting to show early signs of being a bit stale now. Nothing against Danny John Jules. I mean, he's he's performing what he's been written, which is <laughs> act like a cat and be this suave cool. Do you know what I mean? He's not been given much yet to really, pardon the pun, but like sink his teeth into, realistically, I guess. Has it gotten stale yet? As how long do you, could we got two more episodes after this episode of the series left of series mm. one? Let's assume sitcom wise that he's probably going to say pretty much the same for those two. Okay. If he's the same in series two, and that's what uh-huh. he does, is that is that the point where it's too gone too far? For for me, probably. I can excuse the first series because. You know, I think with anything you watch, you've got to try and think what's happening behind the scenes as well. And I guess, you know, first series of a sci-fi sitcom, they probably didn't know if it was going to have, you know, a series two after that. So if you want to make your character this, this is the one thing, I kind of get that. But if you're going for a series two and you get chance, you know, you've been given the chance to develop these characters, put them in new situations, do new things with them, give your actors new things to do. If they don't do that in season two, I'll be a bit like, okay, yeah, that this whole idea has gone a bit stale now because it's the same thing I'm watching every week. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's just me anyway. If you if it's like five seasons of Cat just doing that and you love it, more power to you. Fantastic. But I just like to see something different every now and then. I'm all for having a trope. He can do the whole, ooh, looking good and all that sort of stuff. But if it's literally all we're getting from him every episode, nah, that's going to wear thin on me pretty fast. One thing I'm looking forward to in doing this rewatch is um, seeing, because I've never watched it in a condensed, like, back to back in this way, like in such a short pace space of time. I mean, watching as it came out, there were like at one point there was 10 years between a series. So, you know, series yeah. eight ended. We did not get the next series for 10 years. So it was yeah. it it was it'll be interesting to see. And in that time, you can kind of forget how people have were before. And, you know, so watching it back to back is going to be really interesting to see if there is any development with the characters or if I imagined it because there was so much time between the sort of seasons that I watched growing up. So that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, on the cat stuff. So, yeah, there's not that much for for him personally beyond beyond, you know, cat tropes. But the stuff around the the lore of the cats I found very interesting and the sort of commentary on religion and how groups use religion as excuses to kill each other, you know, blue hats versus mm. red hats in the case of the cats, you know. Yeah. Silly little detail of, like, which hats it should be. And I love the fact that Lister's like, well, that's just stupid. The hats are meant to be green. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> like both of them got it wrong. Yeah. It's sort of that pastiche again, isn't it, about the futility of war as well, how it's like people will fight over, as you said, practically anything. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, they will then make up completely new stuff that wasn't even in the original text or whatever to fit their own own sort of what they want to be true. And that's, I think, where it ties into Rimmer's plot because he's got this pod and he's, you know, wanting this to be an alien who can make him a real body to live in. And he really, really wants that. And so Mm. everything he sees 
as far as he's concerned, confirms that. So I thought that was quite nice sort of uh, theming link between the two plots. Yeah. No, I think that is where, even though I critiqued that element earlier, I think that, you know, there is undoubtedly comedy in that whole thing of uh, Rimmer sort of being blind to, you know, the whole what's in the pod and what could it all mean. And it it is funny, I'd say the whole, um, the Quagars, I have to say in a Scottish accent, it just sounds so Scottish. The Quagar, like that made me laugh. I like when it, the first time he said it, I laughed out loud because you know, I mean, Chris Barry again, phenomenal delivery, and again on him and Craig Charles as well. You know, when you sit down, you must sit down and read this script, and as an actor, think oh, I've got to say all this stuff. But you know, they give it every bit of believability possible. Do you know what I mean? Whereas some actors probably are just, you know, phone it in because they're out there. I know you. I've probably met some of you along my career so far. Trust me. But um, no, they they that's the one good consistent thing so far. Like the two leads sell their parts with absolute, you know, conviction, which is so key in something like this, I think. Because if there's any moment where I don't believe them, I'd probably clock off in my head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Uh, what was your funniest moment in the episode? Funniest moment? Um, probably just the the sort of shock reveal of this priest hiding in the underbelly of Red Dwarf. Because <laughs> I knew, Kat, you know, he's saying Cat had gone somewhere and stuff. But just the first time he pops up, I was like, wait, what? So he's, he's just hiding in the ship. He's just lying there. I think the, the whole concept of it, him just being there, made me laugh a lot. I was like quietly chuckling to myself. So I just think that whole thing, you know, the last scene where uh, Lister comes in with the donut on his head and he's like, oh, yes, I am the god. Just that whole cloister segment was hilarious. Because, again, like we said... It really summed up well that whole pastiche about religion and just the ridiculous elements of it, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah, I really like that scene. And that that um, the, the 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 priest guy was brilliantly played. And just to think that, like, I mean, how it must be fairly recent that all the other cats left. If if the well, at least because obviously, cat uh, himself was born on there, so his. Yeah, within his lifetime, the cats have left, and so it, it can't have been that long ago. Like maybe like a decade mm. or so. So if Lister had come out just like twenty years earlier, rather than you know, twenty years less than three million, he would have encountered all this this race of cats. Yeah, bizarre, but I love it. It does. It does make you think, doesn't it? Um, my favorite funniest moments. Uh, I had kind of had two written down. I had. There were both a couple of uh, bits of script. One was hmm. when Lister knows that it's a garbage pod, and he's he's asking Holly, "Why didn't you tell him?" And Holly just goes, "Yeah, well, it's a laugh, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, again, props to Norman Levitt Norm, for that. Norman Levitt's delivery delivery is always on point. <laughs> it's so good. It just, he delivers every yeah. line perfectly. And and I just wish he was in it more because he's so mm. hilarious. The other one I had was when they're talking, him, uh, Lister and Rimmer are talking about the fact that Rimmer thinks it's going to be an alien in the pod. And uh, he says it, it's, uh, well, I can't remember who says it could be a woman with six breasts. But uh, uh, Lister goes, imagine making love to a woman with six breasts. And Rimmer just oh, goes, yeah. imagine making love to a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again it just shows that sort of well the difference between them doesn't it that we've talked about before and again almost that 
it's almost like that teenage uh it screamed again i think i mentioned it last episode that that sort of teenage boyishness for me you know about oh the first thing they think about if it's a woman oh what if she has six breasts or oh, oh, make it it just that's but, but again i think it works for their characters like we've said they are yeah there's even that line you know Lister uh, runs off to see the pod and Rimmer's like, oh, he's such a child and then proceeds to do the exact same thing. You yeah, know, they, are, very they much... are basically children, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're two schoolboys, yeah. Uh, who is your favourite character in this episode? Oh, Toasty. Ah, yes, Toasty. It has to be Absol- Talky Toaster. Without a doubt, just... Would you like some toast? You did tell me a few episodes ago that Toasty would continue to get more funny and more... Yeah, because yeah, he was in a couple the, the... of episodes ago, and and he did it. He was mildly amusing then, but this he shines in this episode. Absolutely, just I mean, again, if anyone hasn't seen it in a while, just go and listen back to some of the the witty dialogue he comes out with. And it's like, yeah, I'm thinking about packing like packing the toaster stuff in. He's like, there's more to life than heating bread and again that just made me laugh because he makes it sound so futile and you know so pointless almost so yeah i look forward to hearing more about toasty's uh existential midlife crisis so yeah who was your who was your favorite it was talky toasty talky toaster yeah definitely yes. it has to be it's just so brilliant yeah and i like and it and he just it was a reoccurring gag that kept on coming back as well because i think he had about three scenes in the whole thing where he talks yeah, and yeah. You know, pops into the conversation while, I, you know, they're just having a conversation in the room and then he chips in with like, I could do that. <laughs> and he's like, you're a yeah, toaster. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I want more um, out of life. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope Toasty gets it as the series progresses. Um, before we do like ratings and stuff, I just want to touch on the ending of this for me. Um, I thought, because obviously you have the stuff with uh, with the whole cloister stuff, but then in the last minute we go back to um, the pod where, you know, the gag is finally revealed to Rimmer that it's not a woman, it's a garbage pod. Um, if I was putting these pieces together, I would have finished with the cloister stuff. Oh, I thought okay. that was a more poignant ending rather than... Because again, like we said, you know, you start with the, the pod plot, if you like, before we go into the cat religion stuff. And if they'd have separated it sort of like, you know, neatly 50-50, like here's the pod thing, uh, halfway through, oh, you know, jokes, it's garbage. Then we, I don't know, the closest have felt like a more poignant ending for that episode rather than a quick gag of, like, oh, we've got to reveal what it is I have a question to... for you, though. Did shoot, you watch shoot, the shoot. credits? I did, and I would touch on this. That what they do in the credits where they just stop so Rimmer can go... In. <laughs> It's a garbage pod. <laughs> it's a smegging garbage pod. That did make me laugh. That did tickle me. But I do, I will, I still stand by what I say. I I would have finished with the cloister stuff for this episode in particular. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do like the end gag, like the, the fact that the end gag can lead into the, like this unique way of like, just stopping the credits. I love the fact that they can be that creative and, and you know, that things like the BBC would let them, you know, do that and interrupt what, yeah. you know, the formal bit with the credits. and The everything. establishment, yeah, yeah, Yes, yeah. Uh, so that, yeah. that was quite good. But I get what you mean as well, you know. I, I can see why that would be, the cat stuff would be a more poignant ending to the episode. Yeah, I think, I think again, just just this episode as well in particular, if, if the cat religion stuff wasn't put into play this episode and say say the whole focus was about the pod 
and it finished with and it finished how it did i wouldn't have a problem with it i think it's just because the cat stuff as we say again is sort of building the wider world and lore of the show red dwarf and just the way it ended i just felt i don't know it just felt very poignant i was like that's for me i was like that's the ending rather yeah. than oh we, here's the gag but yeah that's just me anyway one thing about the cat thing which i hadn't um I've, i'd completely forgotten about but it's just come back in my head is that the mm. the whole cat religion one of their tenets is that you should not be cool you know being a slob like lister is you know is the epitome of their religion and yet the yeah. cat is the complete polar opposite of that. I was going like, to say, yeah. Complete, you know, like nice, sharp suits. Look at, you know, he wants to look yeah. cool. And so uh, he's like the complete opposite of the rest of his species, which I thought was quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. And again, I just hope it gets explored to some depth more, either in the last two episodes of this series or beyond, really. Yeah, Excellent. that's my hope. Well, with all that said... Time to give it a ranking, I suppose. Uh, what would you give this rank this out of five? Ooh, I would. I was toying between two numbers, but I think I'll be kind and go with the higher one. I'll give it a uh, four scuttlebugs out of five. Um, yeah, again, where it loses its point for me is sort of a lot of what I've said, you know, about how just for me anyway. The I sort of wanted the two plots to be here's one, now here's the other. Uh, the ending, as I've talked about. Um, and again, just I wrote in my notes, the formula of the three or four leads, if you count Holly, being alone on the ship is starting for me to show very, very small signs of becoming a tiny bit stale. But that that is not, you know, that's not catastrophe levels yet. I don't know. I think I just finished the episode and I thought, okay, like, I think we need to do more maybe like, in the sitcom sense, world building now. I think we've had our run of like more filler stuff, good filler stuff, but I want to see a bit more now, in my opinion. So that was mainly where it loses its point for me. But as we said, you know, there's two episodes to go. It's series one. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to hold it against it too much. But um, yeah, so it's a solid, solid four for me. I have given it. What about you? 4.5. Giving that extra 0.5. Yeah, for me, this is the best episode we've had so far in the series. Mm. Um, I like that the comedy was really funny. I mean, the 0.5 can come from Talky Toaster alone, frankly. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) He deserves a whole half a point by himself. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there were loads of moments where I was laughing out loud in this episode. And I I think I liked the structure of the plot a bit more than you did. I liked the way they, they... kind of flipped between them and didn't just do one and then the other or focus just on yeah. one because they they do tie together quite nicely thematically as well i think so uh they they kind of work together quite well at least at least in my opinion so yeah 4.5 from me nice at least it's good scores all around we haven't gone below <laughs> i think 3.5 yet so that's a good not sign. yet let's see <laughs> not yet yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is Waiting for God. One other little feature that we occasionally do on this program is what would Dave Lister do? Uh, in which we take a real world situation and, you know, just think what would Dave Lister do in that situation? Now, we are pre-recording these, so topical things probably won't be that topical by the time the episode comes (laughs) out, but just today, as we were recording this, it was announced that Debenhams, the UK mm. uh, 
chain of uh, department stores has been bought, kind of, by a company that has just bought the name and is shutting down all the stores and he's just going to have it as an online thing. So we, I, I kind of thought, well, what could today's thing be around that? What would Dave Lister do if he was in charge of mm. Debenhams? <laughs> what would it be his gamble to try and save the company? Uh, it wouldn't necessarily save the company. This is Dave Lister after all. But what would he oh, try yeah. and do? What do you think, Adam? I think he'd promise something really big as like a last ditch effort. He was like, if you put money in, I'll do this, this and this. And, you know, the company will be great. Him knowing full well, it probably won't be. Do you know what I mean? He just doesn't want to, he doesn't want to lose the managerial perks of being the boss of a, of a company. So I think he'd be, not in a disingenuous way, but, you know, you hear it sometimes in business. I think he'd overpromise what he could do. You know, if the, say the investors said, why should we give you money? There's all the signs that Debenhams is failing. He'd be like, oh, well, if you give me X amount of million pounds, I can do this and think I could do that. And then people would come and buy and all that. I think he'd pull every stop out of the book to try and get money out of the investors to save it. But then, do you know what? Even if they didn't give me it, he'd just be like, eh, and move on to the next thing, <laughs> whatever came next to him in life. Yeah. I don't think he'd be too bothered if they said to him, your company's going down and you're fired. He'd be like, all right. I think he would try and save the company by uh, getting in new punters and by revitalizing the whole stores of what and what it sells into the things he thinks will sell very well. <laughs> uh, you know, in Debenhams and other, if you're not familiar with Debenhams, probably any department store around Christmas time, you get those gift box sets which contain like, you get oh, a novelty yeah. glass and like a beer, yeah. a craft beer or something. Uh, Basically, he would stock half the store with just those year-round because <laughs> Dave Lister loves yeah. a beer. Um, and, yeah. you know, the clothesline, he would, you know, probably go... Uh, slim that slim down. Slim that down yeah. and just have basically what he wears on the show uh, yeah. for sale and, you know, really focus in on the beer. It would fail horribly and it would still go under, but I think that's probably what he would try and do. Yeah, it just it it be it be less Debenhams and just more the Dave Lister store. Yes. really stuff he'd buy and probably no yeah. one else. He might open <laughs> up very a little few people. Uh, curry concession stand. He'd replace the coffee shop with a curry house <laughs> and uh, yeah. some some you know probably sell some like Doc Martin boots and uh, oh yeah those caps he wears yeah. whatever it, whatever they are and lots of beer hmm. and that would probably lots be of beer. it. Uh, he might It'd be very successful running a bar, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it probably would. Yeah, I think Maybe so. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another section. But not Debenhams. Another section of Debenhams. He probably would keep. This ties into some of the, uh, you know, dated humour maybe that we were talking about, but he'd probably keep the lingerie section. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just for his own perverse entertainment i'm sure yes (laughs) so that's this week's what would dave lister do if you've got any suggestions of what we can discuss Mm. about what would dave lister do topical or otherwise do let us know in any comment section that is around this or you know let us give us a suggestion on twitter as well yeah talking of twitter where can you where can people find you on twitter and elsewhere on the interwebs Well, where you can find me, if you strongly disagree with my opinions and want to tell me how wrong I am, um, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Martin Actor. That's Martin with a Y. Uh, I just post generally what I'm up to, working on videos, etc. 
Uh, speaking of videos, if you go on YouTube, type in Adam Martin again, with a Y, you will find my work there. I do lots of stuff on Doctor Who, a classic TV presentation like iDense. I do stuff on, now that's what I call music, just a, whatever I'm into, really. So if you like that sort of stuff, hop on over and uh, drop us a subscribe. Uh, what about you, Philip? You Where can find they find me you? At, uh, on Twitter at I-U-D-E-X underscore Phil with one L. And you can find me on YouTube at Philip Hawkins is just that. And then the picture is, there's more than one Philip Hawkins. It's disgraceful. But you can find <laughs> uh, the one of me is me against some TARDIS roundels because I do talk a lot about Doctor Who on my YouTube channel and other geeky pop mm. culture like Red Dwarf, yeah. Star Trek. Something we have both seen. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So come and check out both of those uh, and do subscribe as well. We'll be Please back do. for another episode, heading into the, the final stretch of Series 1 now, because we've only got two yes. episodes left, short series, these ones, um, mm. with the next episode. So looking forward to that. I definitely, and we hope you join us for those last two episodes of Series 1, because, well, I don't know what they're like. Philip does, but I'm <laughs> hoping they'll be very I good. have vague <laughs> memories. It's been many years uh, okay. since I watched them. I can't remember which episodes come where. And some, you know, some I've probably completely forgotten. Some might... Might give me a nice surprise. Yeah. We'll all rediscover together. Yeah. And when I say we all, that means that includes you as well. Come and join us. See you then. See you later.